Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Seen It All, where we break down the this week's biggest movie and TV news. And man, we got so much news this week. So much news. Why did it all happen this week? I don't I don't understand. We got two new big movies, and we got tons and tons of trailers for those movies. And then we got a whole bunch of new movies that we have news about, but let's just dive right into it. I want to start off with the big news of the week, and that is Super Mario Bros. has come out. Super Mario Bros. has come out. Now let me just Give a little background on my Illumination who made Super Mario Bros. I really, I really dislike that studio. I really dislike it so much. I Despicable Me, the first one's pretty good. The rest, not so much. Minions, I don't know how they make so much money. I mean, they're fun. They're harmless. I'm not saying they're, like, awful, but they're harmless. I don't know how it makes they make so much money, though, which I think is pretty, pretty funny. Secret Life of Pets. Secret Life of Pets. Uh, it's a kind of little meandering of a franchise the grinch and the lorax i didn't like those and seeing i've only seen one of them so they are uh far from my favorite studio everything they put out to me is either mediocre or it just seems lazy they're they make and i don't understand they make so much money but their animation just seems lazy but i gotta say this Mario movie i had very 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 low expectations i thought especially when the rotten tomato score came out i think it's like 50 percent now and it seemed like the movie was just fan service the movie but maybe that helped me enjoy it more because I came in, as I said, with rock bottom expectations. I was kind of pleasantly surprised. I I really wasn't expecting this to be that good. Um, I was expecting just like Easter eggs, Easter eggs, the movie. But I mean, it was still an Easter egg filled movie, but there was more to it than that. Not in the story wise, but there was more to it than that. But I want to start off with my positives from the film. Uh, first of all, the animation was just like incredible it was just i felt like it was like an avatar the way of water except on an animated scale there were so many bright colors the mario kart sequence all of the sequences it really was bright on your screen and after all these films we've been seeing where you can't see what's happening on the screen because of bad cinematography you actually have something where you can see see everything on the screen and it was really it was really nice and the good animation made up for the really bad dialogue and the really bad story de- being told. Um, the action scenes, the action scenes were fantastic, particularly anytime they did platforms like from the games. I've played the games before. I kind of struggle. <laughs> I just kind of struggle with video games, but watching them do it every time and they look effortless and the beauty of the animation, that looks so cool, especially when playing fun music over it. And then the Mario Kart races, those, those scenes are really cool. And I do got to say, they hit a lot of like the final probably 30 minutes of this film from like all of the marketing it was great it was great that they didn't show off any of it because i was like oh we still got 30 minutes left here they they tell a lot of i want to say story but a lot of stuff happens but i think my definite my favorite parts are definitely the scenes with any of the kong characters whenever they went to the kong um kong like not island, but kingdom, uh, because they, they were definitely the funniest in the movie, especially the one Dr. Kong that picks them up, and, and when they get there, I'll just leave it at that, but it was definitely funny. But before I break down each character, I want to address some negatives. One, there is no story to this movie, like none at all, and if there is any story, it's all stuff we've seen before and everything, and I don't, it was awful. <laughs> um, the actors, except for, I'd say, Jack Black and Keegan-Michael Key, they all do passable jobs and really nothing more. I kind of felt like a celebrity hire. At least they all put in effort, but it wasn't anything kind of special. Some of them got on my nerves, actually. But they kind of brought down the already awful dialogue, and I don't think I laughed at a single joke that was made here. Um, there was this one star that, act, you know, when you have a child's voice character and they start talking about death and stuff like that? 
every time the audience laughed and I was just like, it was, it got on my nerves. I don't know why I can't stand that trope where you have the little cute character say the most devilish thing ever. And I'm just like, Oh, it's just, just gets on my nerve. I feel like illumination just repeats the same jokes for all 20 of their movies. And it, I don't know. I can't handle it, but, um, I'm totally all for the use of eighties music as air used it effectively. I'm going to talk that, about that later, but I feel like they just scrolled through a list of like the most popular eighties songs and picked those. And there was like so many movies that use the songs better and they really didn't add anything all to the scenes. I, I don't understand. It was, I we have such a great Mario score. You have such iconic music. Every time the iconic like Mario sound went off, you could tell there was a buzz in the audience, but why didn't you just remix those? I feel like that would have been a much better idea. They use like holding out for a hero, which was just used in the Shazam fear of gods way better. They used it in Loki. I love the use in Loki and a ton of other stuff. And then they use take on me. And that sequence is pretty funny, but it wasn't funny because of the song. And that song has been used in so much, so much, but I actually do have to say, this is probably my favorite Illumination movie. That means nothing, though, because I haven't really liked, like, any of their films. I can't say, I can't say they've made a good film, and I still can't. I I don't love any of their films. I think they've made okay to passable films or worse. So, <laughs> so, but I want to break down all the characters at this point. Uh, let's start off with our main guy, Mario. Uh, Chris Pratt, he did a passable job and he worked fine for me. He kind of didn't really stand, stand out as a character, so I don't really have much to say about him. All that backlash he got when he got cast, it was really funny. I got to give him that. When Chris Pratt got cast, I was laughing too, but I mean, he did a pretty good job and hopefully he got, I think he got butts in the seat, so that's all that matters. Um, Luigi though. He was so annoying. Charlie Day as his voice had such a high pitch to it, not like the normal Charlie Bay, but it was like Charlie Day on the next level, and I, I couldn't stand it. And thankfully, he's the one who gets captured by Bowser, not Peach, so I didn't have to hear him as much in in his storyline. I was like, oh, thank, thank you, thank you. And people were talking about Luigi's Mansion movie, and I was like, no, I can't take that. I can't take that voice for an hour and a half, just him. <laughs> and then Peach, she didn't really have much development, but she was just kind of the action heroine. She was really, she looked really cool. She had the best action scenes throughout the movie, and she really he- held her own. I didn't love the voice of Anya Toiler, Anya, Anya Taylor-Joy, I'm pretty sure. She's a great actress, but I don't think uh, voice voice acting suits her very well i'm gonna just put it at that um it kind of all her delivery kind of felt stiff but her character was still really cool and well designed um and then bowser jack black was the only reason i was okay with him coming back to the storyline his storyline and film and he sang a song about peach and it sounded sounded like they were saying the b word so that was like the only time the movie got me to laugh and i don't know if it was intentional or not but it was still really funny and i hope it's intentional because it sounds just like that um so I think this movie is going to do really well with general general audience and especially Mario fans. I had people next to me at the mo- next to me when the movie ended starting going, "This is the best movie of all time." And I was like, "What? Did we watch the same movie?" And then some guy started talking in a Mario accent throughout the entire credits and I was one guy ran up to the front of the screen and was like, "Wow, that was amazing." And if a movie could make people feel like that, you gotta do something right so i gotta give him credit for that so i think i think people are honestly going to love this film even if i have shortcomings with it i think everybody's gonna love it i still wouldn't call it a great movie but nor a good movie but people are gonna love it um 
Now let's talk about everybody else's reaction to it. Uh, reviews were trash. There were like 50%, which is honestly what I was expecting. And I was also expecting the cinema score to come out very high and it came out with an A cinema score. That's great. That's crazy good. That is crazy good. So it's already overperforming. It made 31 million on its opening day in the US. I think it was projected to make 25. And I think we're looking at a 125 to 150 million over the five day like Easter holiday weekend. That's insane. <laughs> and I think 300 million worldwide. So yeah, they're making boatloads of money on this movie. They are making boatloads of money. And hopefully that means Nintendo will put more effort into the next one they make because please, and please don't screw up Zelda with a crappy movie like this. Thank you. And there was also some other illumination stuff that came out with the reviews. I just got to mention they are doing Shrek 5, which we totally thought, and then Donkey spinoff. So illumination, can you be as good? as dreamworks because dreamworks makes tricks five and donkey spinoff and i think those are going to be much better than anything illumination puts out i love dreamworks much more than i do illumination but now i want to talk about the other film i did a double feature i want to talk about the other film i went and saw and that is air the basketball movie this was a nut this was an awesome movie it was total dad movie the best way possible i know exactly how the michael jordan nike story was going to end but i was still on my on the edge of my seat the entire movie matt damon he stars as the lead here and man he does he make me want to root for this guy uh second to him would be jason bateman who plays his co-worker and they like kind of actually tugged on my heartstrings with this character i didn't know that i would kind of get emotional in a nike air jordan film yet here we are they had a nice little monologue about michael jordan towards the end of the film and that kind of made me a little sad but it made me happy at the same time i don't know how to describe that but some of the stuff they did that they really got you and then Vi- viola davis he play uh, she plays um michael jordan's mom and she delivers many many wise words and every time i was like oh you can quote that you can quote that oh and that too and i'm not sure the actor's name of the dad but he did a great job as well they choose not to show michael jordan's face in the movie which i think was a good choice it kind of made you actually believe they were using the real michael jordan and they had his mom for his mouth beats because in real life he did not want to make that nike deal and you can definitely tell he did not want to do that in the movie <laughs> um i do have to say i wasn't enthralled with ben affleck's performance here he's not in it too much and he's more he definitely takes directing abilities and he does directs it amazing he plays phil knight and maybe it just kind of feels one note he just kind of feels one note and then also they kept talking about how great phil guy phil knight is and how he's everything he's do is right and stuff and my brain always kept going to all the factories and stuff and all those stories i've heard coming about nike it's like eh, it feels a little feels a little off every time they kept praising him and he kept making buddhist quotes and stuff so it's, it's still a little off but i did love his constant running jokes because those are funny and they kept calling back to it and this movie got a couple of good laughs out of me too i gotta say that but man does ben affleck deliver when it comes to directing as i said earlier because he did a fantastic job um this is probably either my second favorite or favorite movie um favorite of mine still being dungeons and dragons honor among thieves um but honestly the story told they story the story they told here is amazing they did it as well as they could and then some of like the cheer shots like when they close the deal basically in real life you know they get the deal when they close the deal they they showed off those those shots in the trailer and i was like i thought you would save at least we know the big payoff is coming but save it save a little bit for the movie and they they didn't really but that's just coming from me but definitely get out and go see this movie and bring your dad make sure you bring your dad and if you are interested in sports at all go see this movie over mario any day any day see this movie over mario any day and i'm going to see this movie over mario any day um and then right now it's like 99 percent on rot tomatoes and it has an a cinema score as well and it looks to open with like 15 or 20 million over the five day holiday weekend that's pretty that's actually pretty good for the, this type of film but then i learned it costs like 90 million dollars i have no idea where that money went i don't understand how it costs that much but 
hopefully i think it's with amazon backing them they should all be fine but still that seems excessive for what type of movie we got here maybe they had to pay for all the 80s music they play in here because they played a lot of 80s music each time it was great but i was like cha-ching cha-ching that's another hundred grand that's another hundred grand i don't know how much it costs lights in the song but they played a lot of music <laughs> and then let's talk about the box office from last week so dungeons and dragons it opened with 37 million dollars beating its industry projections of low 30 million this however it's still not great for the film it overperformed definitely due to good word of mouth i saw it again and it was it was great i think i liked it even better the second time the jokes hit harder for some reason i was like this is a really good movie and it's definitely my favorite of the year but hopefully this overperforming means it will have legs but with mario coming it doesn't look so good i really want this film to be turned into a franchise and i want to revisit these characters again and i don't know if we're gonna do it with the type of box off box office performance it's having hopefully it holds really well in its second weekend but i wouldn't count on it with mario coming into the coming into the coming into play and then john wick chapter four fell 62 percent at second week into low 20 million and john wick opened like a blockbuster and it fell like one this had nothing to do with the quality but i feel like everyone saw it the weekend it came out and there are so many movies coming out and the and they're all really pretty good actually and then three hours for runtime i think that scared away people from seeing it again i know if i wanted to find anyone to go with me for a third time to see it i would probably struggle because of that runtime people struggle to sit for three hours in a movie they can men watch a show but they can take breaks and stuff and get up and go to the bathroom people don't like to sit in uncomfy seats stop saying that filmmakers please <laughs> but this film is still making tons of money and paramount just date or excuse me paramount lionsgate just dated the ballerina movie starring arnold de armas um which we talked about last week for a july release next year um they must have great faith in this movie and lens reddick already filmed his scenes for it so it looks like he'll be in it which makes me very happy so we will see john wick uh sooner rather than later which is nice um so let's now shift to day four yes that's right four major trailers we got this week leading up to mario's imminent release um firstly i want to talk about the secret invasion trailer it dropped during the sunday night baseball game i think it should have played with the march madness games but whatever um i think espn didn't have the march madness games or something because that's disney owned but whatever i i didn't want to watch baseball so i did not turn it on because usually i like to watch the games and then have the trailer at halftime but i ain't no watching no baseball game <laughs> um not much new was given away in the trailer but i just want to talk about the tone the tone was a very serious which i love after the constant like joking mcu which i love but you have to have a balance uh Dungeons and dragons had a lot of jokes but it balanced it well and i hope this trailer means we have actually are going to see super serious series super serious series um because i feel for the calamity we are dealing with in the series it needs to be taken excuse me it needs to be taken seriously and the threat in the show is scrolls which made their first appearance in captain marvel and they actually turned out to be the good guys in that show but here it looks like this group of group of scrolls have like splintered and some are taking over the world and taking high positions of power and shape-shifting into humans while others are still helping samuel L. jackson and he's the speaking of samuel L. jackson he's a lead for the first time in the mcu and he looks to be doing a great job uh i think the series could actually be like a send-off for his character and then amelia clark makes her mcu de debut here 
she's one of my favorite actresses and she's playing Talos's daughter who who's also here as I said played by Ben Mendelsohn and we basically are just seeing a new a mystery unravel like I said we don't see much new footage here but for what, what we do I can't quite get my feelings on it from behind the scenes it sounds Disney is very confident in the series and many are saying we're in store for some huge surprises so I hope they are using footage just means they are saving the big stuff for the actual show which I'm totally fine with um it comes out June 21st so we still got a little ways to wait and there's gonna be a big gap between Mandalorian Secret Vision so I don't know what they're gonna put there and then next trailer we got blue beetle um this is the trailer i think i like the least um it's a new dc movie and i think i'm just tired of the traditional comic book origin story it has been done to death and i kind of just like jumping headfirst in with our heroes like how they did spider-man in the mcu and how they're doing a lot more nowadays let's just jump right in we don't need no origin stories and then i'm also not very familiar with the blue beetle character so i do have to give that discrepancy um the cast look great i know the main actors from cobra cobra can't talk from cobra kai on netflix and my family loves that show but the cast member i am most excited for is george lopez i love that man and he has like a really freaky hairdo in this and i think it's it's got everything going on it looks great and i honestly don't have much to say about this trailer other than kind of mediocrity although i did love him taking out the sword and using his new suit that looked really cool but honestly other than that his suit looked very cgi to me and i hated the voice inside of it which was supposed to sound alien but it just sounded like dc's version of jarvis from iron man and batgirl was canceled but this comes out batgirl was supposed to go to hbo max just like blue beetle was they canceled batgirl but this is coming out it doesn't it doesn't look good it doesn't look good enough to have them shelve batgirl and save this one like how awful was batgirl how awful could batgirl have been honestly just let me see it <laughs> and if david Zazov really thinks the movie's so great it still doesn't seem like it's that great from this trailer that they cut it also didn't really make a bin, big impact the trailer itself and i don't even think this film is going to make it to 300 million especially without black adam and shazam fear of gods underperform but who knows i i for sure don't think it's going to do that well <coughs> um now the next trailer we got my favorite my favorite trailer we saw this week was the spider-man across the spider-verse trailer wow was this an amazing trailer uh i gotta say about the first spider-verse film i thought it was i thought it was okay i never really saw no, no okay but i thought it was just pretty good i caught it on streaming so i did ever got to see it in the theater but it was it to me it was like nothing super amazing like some people think it's like one of the best comic book films of all time it's definitely definitely not that for me but i still had fun with it um the first teaser came out for this a while back and i love the family stuff and the gwen gwen stuff um gwen gwen in this trailer continues to be amazing but was kind of lost on the million spider-man that showed up because honestly i felt just like fan servers and it was just too much but man i was wrong in this trailer, we see more of the family stuff here and looks great as always, but man, the emotions you can draw on from that trailer and you can tell that none of our main heroes can bear to lose anyone anyone else in their lives. Gwen lost her Peter and Spider-Man 99, our villain, I think he lost his daughter. Miles hasn't really lost anything yet besides Peter Parker in his world, but he thinks he can save the one he loves and everyone. And I love these like philosophical debates in No Way Home, such as like in No Way Home where he says he can save the villains and save the universe, but he ends up losing himself. Oh, it's so great. And it seems like everyone is going to be fighting tooth and nail because they're trying to save those that they love, especially Miles, Gwen, Spider-Man 99. And oh, and I definitely, I definitely think there's gonna be like a big revelation they have not revealed in the marketing. And I think it's gonna blow everyone's minds. I'm just predicting that. And as I was saying earlier, the millions of Spider-Man that showed up actually worked here 
as they are all out to take Miles down. And I love the therapy joke at the end with them busting through as the guy was getting therapy for his uncle Ben dying. It was, it was, it got me, it got me. I started laughing, but honestly, this and Elemental are probably the films I'm most excited for the summer. And look at that. They are both animation. Maybe the medium of animation does matter. Um, but we'll get to that little dig later, but I hope this Academy actually recognizes anime films this year for like best picture and doesn't just relegate them to their own little category. And it's just ridiculous, especially with the quality of animated films that are being put out there. Um, Super Mario Bros. is not included in that statement, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, give some recognition to these films. And I think I think Spider-Verse could be looking to get a Best Picture nom, and hopefully Elemental too, if it's great. But I mean, we'll see. And then the last trailer we got was the Barbie, the Barbie movie trailer. Um, they are showing off very little of this movie. It was a teaser trailer number two, which I don't haven't seen in a hot minute that they went they did two teaser trailers and haven't done an official trailer yet. But from what we've seen, it looks really it looks really funny to me. And my friend were laughing me and my friend were laughing the entirety through the trailer. There was like a beach off joke. It was really funny. There was a sleeping over joke where Ken was wanting to sleep over with Barbie and they had no idea what they were gonna do. And then Barbie stepped out of her high heel and her foot stayed the same shape like a real Barbie doll. So it was definitely a lot more adult jokes than I expected, so I don't think this is going to be rated PG-13. I, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if it was PG, so who knows? But I think this was a, this was just a teaser to show off the incredible cast. They have so many famous and hot people. I have to start... I, <laughs> I have to... <laughs> Um, they have so many people in this film. The standouts besides the two leads for me are Simu Liu, who's Shang-Chi, and then Emma, Emma, I'm going to mispronounce her name, Emma Mackie, Emma Mackie. Um, she is it from Death on the Nile, and I thought she was great here, great there, and she's great here. Will Ferrell is supposed to show up as like a Mattel exec, uh, and then John Cena is real, is going to have a cameo, and there's, that's just on top of so many people they have, and they released all those fun posters for each of the characters and that's like the big meme right now is everybody is making their own poster to go along with the barbie movie but i do guys say the barbie world looks so cool but i think everyone could tell these scenes were like probably from the first 20 to 30 minutes of the movie they did not show off a lot because in the trailer we see ken and barbie leaving the barbie land and going real world i think that's where most of the action is going to take place we saw those amazing set photos last year of them like rollerblading throughout la and then the cowboy suit barbie was wearing and we didn't see like any of that in the trailer so they definitely are hiding a lot um, I think this film is also supposed to have like a ton of social commentary. They're not alluding to that all in the marketing. So I wonder if people are really going to be surprised when they see it. Because if you notice all the kins are just when they, especially with the posters, it just said, oh, he's just another kin. He's just another kin with the Barbies. They're like, she's a doctor, Bobby, she, Barbie. She's <laughs> sounding Australian there. She's a lawyer, Barbie. And they're, I feel like Barbie is kind of running the world. So the kins are kind of get us stuck so i wonder if this can be like a commentary when they go to the real world all the men run but in barbie world all the women run it but i don't know we'll see i'm open-minded there's nothing here really blew me away that i and i thought i found it funny but from insiders it sounds like this movie is gonna be very very profound and i hope it's not divisive but i think it might do but i know for sure this movie's going to do better than oppenheimer which it opposites off of that's like the atomic bomb movie and christopher Nolan's making that and he's probably just make a drab movie that you can't hear anybody talking i i love christopher nolan but also he kind of gets my nerve but i think this film is definitely going to destroy that one <laughs> and then now let's transition to some new movies that we heard they are making um during a disney investor call bob Iger had a video made by dwayne johnson that they are making a moana remake yes you heard me right they are making a remake of a movie that is only seven years old a movie that has become my favorite disney animated film of all time by the way i love moana with my whole heart and it is my whole heart and it is de facto is my de facto comfort movie whenever i'm feeling down it always comes my nerves down and it just i just feel so relaxed whenever i watch it so so why are they doing this 
One is being produced by Dwayne Johnson, who plays Maui, and I think he's going to be reprising his role here, which I'm all for. If they're making a live-action movie, give Dwayne this role. It, it's basically, it's just him, and I'm sure he's going to get way more booked up for it, too. you got to do it sooner rather than later if he's going to play it, because he's getting up there. But it seems like with the failure of Black Adam, he is turning his sights to another big franchise to keep his stardom. Uh, why aren't we making a Jumanji 3 first? Um, like, I really want a Jumanji 3, and the longer it takes, the less likely it'll happen. And I feel like with the filler DC, why are we going back to Moana? Can you please just make Jumanji 3? But honestly, out of all the Disney movies to be made, I'm kind of okay that this is one because it is my favorite. But if they can make this more adult remake, I thought I think that'd be really cool. Like I said, I really like these remakes when they plus when they plus the already anime when they plus anime movies and add more depth to them. A few have done it. I think they're gonna do that with Snow White because Snow White is a very bare bones story. I think they could really plus it. I think Moana they could add a lot more to it. And uh, I mean, I I want to see. We'll see. Um, I think they could really plus, especially the Ma Maui action scenes. They didn't really get many great action scenes with Maui in it. But who knows how Tama um. Tomatoa, who is the giant crab, and then Tefiti, the villain. I wonder how they're going to look in live action because that really makes me nervous, especially the CGI output we've seen from Disney lately, but I'm going to have to keep my fingers crossed for that. And then I think this announcement came out, everybody collectively went, we all just want Moana 2. Like, Moana 2 is clearly the right way to go, and they're already working on Disney Plus Moana series, so I wonder if that's still going to happen, and they're building a ton of Moana-themed attractions in the Disney parks, and then a possible land in Animal Kingdom, so I love that Disney is so invested in this Moana brand, because I love it dearly, but it still seems too soon to be doing a remake, too soon. And then, we got another remake, folks. This one, I am may have the controversial opinion that I am actually very excited for this idea. Um, this is the mic drop news of the week. Another another remake. Yeah, as I said, they're doing a remake of the Harry Potter books, but this time it will be an HBO series. What? I, that was my reaction when I saw this. It was a huge surprise the other day. I did not see that coming at all. It is said that each book will get its own season for seven seasons total. I am, I'm, I'm all here for that news. If it can be HBO quality, that is the asterisk. I love... I love those original film films and I love those those actors and just the comfort they bring, especially the music. Oh, oh, the music. The music is so good. But I think some of the cast members from the first movie will come back to fill some older roles. Like maybe you can get Daniel Radcliffe to play with the professor or something like that. I'm sure they're going to probably try to do that. But I think the bigger question here is what's going to happen to like all the theme parks? They all evolve around these specific actors. They all evolve around those specific movies, not the books. And then they have the actors at the face of the franchise, the 20 year anniversary they did two years ago that got everyone talking because the cast everybody loves the cast and i still think they should make movie or trilogy with the original cast returning that movie would make so much money and hopefully this reboot doesn't take that off the table so hopefully this new hbo series does not diminish the, the chances of that happen please please and i also i just also gotta say i wish alan rickman was here because he simply made he may stay my very favorite character and i think it'd be so cool if he could still act as the character but sadly he's passed away in 2016 i think i love him I love him as Professor Snape. I love him diehard. He's a great actor. And I think they could do so much with a full season for each book. And I'm actually getting more excited the more I talk about this announcement. But the real question is, are they going to keep this PG or PG to PG-13 like the movies? Or are they going to make this an HBO, HBO series? Who knows? Honestly, I kind of want to be all for a really dark remake of Harry Potter and like a House of the Dragon style TV show. But I think it would lose too much, uh, too much money by doing that way. But hey. I would be all here for it. I, I love the adult plusing that like HBO does. HBO's got amazing shows. And speaking of HBO, I'm so glad it's going to HBO because they make the best damn TV out there. Um, 
But we do have some other news regarding HBO too. There is supposed to be a rebranding announced next week with tons of new shows. It's the many are speculating it's going to be called Max now, not just not HBO Max, but Max. But HBO Max was an awful name to start off with. It was very confusing because there's like HBO now, there's HBO Go, but it's too late at this point to change the name. Same with Peacock. It's too late to change the name because everybody knows the name and they have brand recognition brand recognition at this point. So whenever I talk to my friends, if they ask where something is, I say HBO. I don't say no Max. I don't say I won't say Max. I'll still go HBO because HBO is amazing. And it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to switch customers over to that. But I think this Harry Potter announcement was going to be one of the things they announced at the comp- at the at this panel they had next week, which gets me juiced up to see what else is coming. Like, I am hyped, honestly, more about this HBO Max presentation than the Star Wars celebration this week. Be- uh, because, as I said, HBO only puts out the best stuff. And then we had another show news come out the they're considering making a game of thrones another prequel show about um aegon targaryen's conquest of westeros and if they make this if they can make this as good as house of the dragon yes please the story of the conquest is so cool and we um we follow this another targaryen he marries his two sisters and they all have dragons around and conquer westeros and there's tons of battles and stuff and i think this is gonna be a very cool show and it's also gonna be crazy crazy expensive just like house of the dragon and maybe we will finally get an actual look at the at the um, valyrian the valyrian where they all came where all the dragons came from initially um the mystery of what really happened there kind of makes it more fun so like they can give it him but they can give us a little bit like because there's blood magic going on what did it look like what caused that advanced civilization to collapse oh i love that stuff it just it's so interesting so hopefully hopefully we'll come on that but i will be there day one for any game of thrones spinoffs at this point because of how much i love house of dragon and i really like game of thrones but house of dragon to me was like on another level and as long as long as it's under, under hbo and then now let's talk about mandalorian episode six so this contains spoilers just forewarning you and um i gotta say what happened to this show what happened to this show um there were so many highs of that last episode and we are back to this really but before i get into it i want to talk about my positives the last say 10 minutes of the show was just pure fire it was with Bo- it saw bo challenging the other mandalorian for her fleet back and the fight between them two was awesome and then when he shoved her and she yanked him down Janked him down with her. Oh, it was so cool. And I got to do stuff to say, Bryce Dallas Howard, she delivers once again when it comes to direction on the show. She directed a okay episode the first season. That was her first time directing. But then she directed an amazing season two episode and then a, the best book of Boba Fett episode, which isn't saying much, but it was amazing. And it should have been a part of season three at this point. Um, but it's still, the show, it falls apart with the writing. John Favreau's writing. It falls apart square one with that. But honestly, that might be it for my positives, which I'd direct in those last 10 minutes, because what are we doing here? We have two more episodes to go. This is the third to last episode, and we are doing this storyline. We're doing a storyline of, of investigating droids on this planet because they're malfunctioning. Why aren't we doing the retaking of Mandalore like was set up? And what really got me upset was that Bo Katan and Din Djarin didn't even fight for the Darksaber. They set it up in the last season so that they would fight. I want our main characters to actually have conflict with one another, and we don't have it here. It just makes me mad. Like I said, they set it up last season, and Bo-Katan gets a Darksaber based on a technicality from the second episode of the season. Why wouldn't she already have it by then? Why are we just realizing it now four episodes later? I don't understand. I thought they would have had a falling out, but no, they just gave it to her. Although Bo Katana just said she looked really cool wielding that dark saber. What I thought we we're gonna build up the confrontation between her and Din, but I guess not. At least, can you please make them fall in love? Please, at least give me that. 
Um, although, also, I thought the cameos this week were really odd. Um, Lizzo showed up here. She's a great singer, and she looked really beautiful here, but she wasn't a great actress. And then Jack Black, I love him, but he kind of brought me out of the show. I was just like, oh, that's Jack Black, and that's cool initially, but then he didn't really do anything. It just kind of felt like fan casting. And then Christopher Lloyd, he was okay. His character had nothing to do, nothing to write home about. Um, he was a separatist. That was supposed to be the big reveal. And he didn't really have good, because it turns out that he's the villain. He's the one who set up the droid issues. But like, he didn't even explain very well why he did it. He just like, I was a separatist. And I'm like, yeah, so explain what the heck you're doing. I'm glad we're getting more separatists because I, they're a fun faction. And I think they were kind of right. That kind of proves they were right. All this Clone Wars media. But it was such a stupid mystery, too. You, There was nothing... I love mysteries where you can try to guess who's the villain. There was no... They 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 shot one droid and then figured out the issue immediately after. It was so easy. And I'm like, why are we why are we wasting our time on this? It feels like a bad Clone Wars episode is what I'm watching right here. And I really hope these last two episodes we have Mandalorian deliver. Like, please. Because I miss the days where I couldn't sleep knowing in a few hours there would be a new episode of Mandalorian out. I want to go back to the heights of season one and two. Please get me back there. And I really hope Ahsoka, which we should see a trailer for this weekend, is the same quality of Mando season one and season two. And Andor. Andor was great, too, on the latter half of the season. Um, not the quality of Bo Book of Boba Fett and Obi-Wan. Um, just, just, it's all about the writing. Just write, just write a better show. It's, it's literally all down in the writing. And I really hope Ahsoka can live up to the high expectations I have set for in my mind. Because I don't have a ton of faith in them at this point. Can you please? I don't think I liked... I really loved the second half of Andor. After episode six, I loved that. But I can't say I have loved a Disney Plus show since Loki. I liked Hawkeye. I liked Hawkeye, but I can't say I loved a Disney Plus show since Loki, and that was a while ago. I remember I couldn't sleep knowing there was another Loki episode coming out. I just, I want that feeling again, and also, I hope there is like a 20, there was said, it came out, there was like a 25% drop off in the Mandalorian viewership, and I think this got, just got to show the 3 a.m. drop times. They don't work. Stop dry, dropping this in the middle of the night, because when people wake up, you get stuff spoiled for them. I know I get stuff spoiled for me, and it really pisses me off, and I think you should just be like HBO. HBO's just beating everybody here. Drop it at 8 o'clock at night. 8 o'clock in, in, the, in the night, because people can actually watch it, and not have to wake up and get it spoiled for, and you probably will get better views. More people will talk about it. It just, it just makes sense. Please, Disney. And that's going to do it for the topics we have this week. But now let's talk about what we have coming next week. Uh, Renfield is opening next week. And I think this will be a pleasant time at the movies. The reviews are good. And I love Nicolas Cage and Aquafina. Uh, Nicolas Cage, um, he, his movie from last year, Unbearable Way to Massive Talent, was honestly in my top 10 favorite movies of last year. I went and saw that with my dad. We were dying. We were dying on the floor, especially during the um, LSD sequence where they were traveling throughout the city. We were laughing so hard. Um, so I'm really hoping for a repeat of that from last year. Please tell me they give it to me. There were some funny jokes in the trailer, but if you can get a really good laugh out of me, then you've won. I want to laugh as at least as much as I did in Cocaine Bear because I was on the floor a couple times in Cocaine Bear, specifically that ambulance scene. Please watch Cocaine Bear if you haven't already. Enlighten yourself to the the amazingness of that movie but the reviews as i said are good for renfield and i think the trailers have been great and i love the concept so i will definitely be there opening night and you can expect my review for that and then pope's exorcist um, which stars russell crowe also comes out next week and i don't think i'll be seeing this movie unless it gets like rave reviews i don't think the review embargo has even lifted yet so i don't have faith in that but these movies honestly are like not for me and none of the trailers have gotten me excited for it at all it kind of just looks like your standard exorcist movie and i'll just i'll just watch conjuring instead i love conjuring it got me 
the contract doesn't even scare me. It just gets me pumped up. I'm like, yeah, let's get this devil out of this child. But here it just, it, it doesn't look appealing. Also, they base this off a guy in real life and he found out that the guy in real life is kind of an awful person who is really, really just backwards. Let me just say backwards. And he's not, I don't think he's the type of person that should be based in a movie off. Although they did it with Greatest Showman and P.T. Barnum and they were fine with their but I think it's more about knowing that these people kind of suck in real life. And I hate when they just add based on true story because it gets people hooked. But I'm like, none of this is true. Stop tricking these people. And I get tricked sometimes myself too. I'm like, oh, I love that guy in real life. And because I see him in a movie and I'm like, oh, and you find out he does all this stuff. It's like, I don't need a base on true story. Just stop doing it. Stop doing it, please. But I don't know. I think, I don't think this movie's going to do well at all. But hopefully Russell Crowe would back up there to movie star status because he's a really good actor, but he keeps putting himself in these really crappy movies. So we'll see. I don't have faith in this movie, but that'll do it for this week's episode. And next week, as I said, expect my Renfo review. And I'm going to break down all the Star Wars news we get at Star Wars Celebration. We should be getting a Soka trailer. There's supposed to be like three new Star Wars movies announcements. I'm very excited for that. And then they might even throw an Indiana Jones trailer in there. So lots to talk about next week, just as how much we had to talk about this week. Um, but that'll do it. Uh, make sure to check out our social media. We're at Seen It All Podcast. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So follow us there. You'll know whenever we post an episode. And I hope you guys come back next time. Thank you all for listening. Have a good night now. Bye-bye.